Okay, here we go. Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend. It's the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Fan Slide. Just before we get into things, please remember that this podcast is for over 18s only, and we want to make sure that everyone listening is gamble aware, is aware of the risks that surround gambling. So please head to begambleaware.org. If not, please do not bet more than you can afford to lose. George, is week two of our sponsorship with Fanslide. Week one could barely have gone better. We were so thrilled with the take-up last Friday. Uh, about 150 people joined us in the Watford versus Derby Fanslide match room. Uh, and it was a hell of a night, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I mean, it's been amazing and great how many messages we've had from people saying, right, thank you for introducing me to Fanslide, which is, you know, it's you have to thank us. It's great that you're enjoying it. Um, and, you know, if anybody's umming and ahhing about whether to download it, surely that is the best kind of um, testament you can have to the product because it is so fun. An in-play fantasy football game that covers the championship free to enter, cash prizes to be won. Um, it was interesting for me having only played one EFL game previously and winning it suddenly, <laughs> apparently by getting loads of people into the game who also know about the EFL meant that it was a little <laughs> bit harder this time. Um, I think you beat me, Ali, sadly. Bit bit upset to see in the chat before kickoff anyone but Alex seemingly trending. Um, so <laughs> We built a really strong anti Alex sentiment, which I think mm. spurred a lot of us on. I, I beat you for the first time. I think I came 17th out of about 150, so I'm looking to improve on that one. But yeah, the, the problem with the anyone but Alex or ABE, as we were saying in the chat, is that I know that you are and always have been fueled by the haters. So I'm expecting yes. you to go one better this Friday. We're going to be playing for the Forest against Derby game live on Sky on Friday night. Please do join us. It'll be great fun. Hopefully we'll have a few more goals than we had in, in Watford against Derby. I have a funny feeling that we will. Make sure you download the Fan Slide app. It takes 30 seconds to download, 30 seconds to sign up. It's free to play and there'll be another £100 prize pot for the Derby Forest game. So we'll be previewing that game later. We look forward to you joining us on Friday night on Fan Slide. Just a shout out to Lewis and Ricky, a father-son combo who had a 1-2, came first and second in a wow. Fan Slide game in the last week. Also, Brentford fan Jack, who I'm pretty sure was put onto it after listening to this pod. He finished first and then second in his first two games, getting the highest ever Fan Slide rating in his first ever go. So he's obviously the man to beat this Friday. Do join us there. We had a good week on this pod last week, George. I think a, a few people made a few quid backing our selections, which is always nice. Had some nice messages. Both of our Naps won, Harrogate and Cambridge, both at odds against. Same with some of our next best selections. MK Dons and Posh both did the business. My greediness picking Forest Green and over 1.5 goals obviously came back to bite me. They won 1-0, so technically not a winner, sadly, for the sake of this pod. And I also feel bad for forcing you to make your Morecambe fancy official because you didn't really so feel... You, should. you didn't really feel like it. I made you make it official and they uh, didn't get up as well. No luck on the long shots, but the Friday preview game went very well. You picked Watford to win 1-0, around 6-1, to which they duly did. I followed it up with Watford to win to nil. Of course, that was a winner at a shorter price as well. So looking to build on that this week ahead of a full EFL slate and or docket. Pick which word you prefer. George, what's your nap in the EFL this weekend? Yeah, my nap is 
Peterborough to win away at Hull Mm. in what is a kind of top of the table promotion race um, battle between two sides who have made decent starts to the season. Peterborough around about the 7-4 mark here. 7-4, 17-10 around there. Hull, the 6-4 favourites. And I just think that Hull might be a team to get against in the next couple of weeks. I think if you have a look at the fixtures they've had so far, it's been pretty favourable. Maybe their toughest games coming early on in the season, a 2-0 win against Gillingham, followed by a 1-0 win against Crewe. But then, since then, they've beaten Northampton, Plymouth, Rochdale and AFC Wimbledon. Four teams who, I mean, I'd say are probably likely to all finish in the bottom half of the table. They came up against a Fleetwood side live on Sky, you know, surely the best team they've faced so far this season, and were absolutely destroyed in a 4-1 defeat. If you know, They've obviously had a good start. All credit to Grant McCann for, for stopping the rot. And this is obviously a big game for McCann up against his former employers, but I think that Peterborough, especially given that you know we have to take home advantage with a pinch of salt here with no fans, I think Plymouth. Sorry, I think Peterborough are quite clearly the the more likely team to win this because in their current guys, they look to me behind Sunderland as probably the best team in the division. We've seen them win their last four games, uh, conceding just one goal. Again, not necessarily against the best opposition, Swindon, uh, Northampton. Oxford and Wick, uh, and Wigan, although I would say Oxford and Wigan maybe a little bit better than those we spoke about before. But it's just the manner of their wins. They're creating so many chances. Uh, even though they conceded a few chances against Oxford, they have been largely solid at the back as well. Um, they've got such a nice blend of attacking talent as well. Siriki Dembele is a player we've spoken about a lot recently. Johnson Clark-Harris in amongst the goals. Um, they, they're just, yeah, I think they're a really good side who seem to have, have kind of settled into their rhythm. Uh, Joe Ward is proving to be a bit of a goal threat from from out wide on the right-hand side as well, playing his right wing back. He had a few chances against Oxford, scored one. He had a few chances again midweek. So kind of as I'm talking, I'm now going to look at his first goal scorer, um, <laughs> Bryce, because it, it does feel like he's getting a lot further forward than um, than he has been previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 14 to one. I wouldn't put you off that what uh, one bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think the prices are basically the wrong way around. I think that Peterborough, um, after a bit of a slow start, have now proven that they are ready to step up um, in the era post Ivan Tony, And they've got really good options in, in midfield as well, which they can rotate between. Um, and on paper, they're a better side for me. Um, on the pitch, they're a better side for me as well. Um, and that's not you know, a massive slight on Hull. I still think they're a decent side, but I don't think they're necessarily quite as good as their lofty league position at the moment would suggest. So posh the nap at about seven or four. Okay, that feels like a bold one because of the price. And I love it because nah. of that. Uh, I think my pick is slightly less bold. I'm just trying desperately to get back-to-back naps up. Uh, Old friends of ours in Cheltenham Town is where I'm going here. Uh, Best price available as we record is about 1.95. So uh, just about odds on. That's with Bet Victor. And I'm pretty bullish just generally about Cheltenham at the moment. I feel like I'm getting a better steer on League Two and some of the League Two clubs than on any of the other divisions at the moment. I don't particularly know why that would be, but I've got a bit more clarity, I think, in my opinions, about a lot of League Two clubs than some of the others. Cheltenham very much being one of them. If you said to me right now, George, pick an EFL team to get promoted this season or you die, I think I would pick Cheltenham Town. Jesus, a bit much. Incidentally, they're also my current pick for 
pick an EFL team to hold on to a 1-0 lead or you die. They're also my pick for that. So so my my very existence, I guess, rests at the hands of, of Mike Duff and his red and white army. They've won five and drawn two in the league this season. It's clearly a very, very strong start. To be honest, their two defeats only strengthened my resolve. Uh, Morecambe on opening day, they weren't amazing and they were much more open than you'd expect. They gave away a, a silly penalty and they were too open at the end when Mendez Gomez scored the winner. Um, but even so, yeah, it was a real smash and grab. You know, they were they were gubbed basically right at the end and they, they were probably, well, they were the better side in that one. Same again, really, against Grimsby. They lost 3-1, um, I think it was last midweek. This, this result went a little bit under the radar. An incredible result for Grimsby. Again, if you looked a bit beyond the result, you'd have seen basically the balance of the game was very much in the favour of Cheltenham. Uh, Grimsby scored one excellent goal from range from Edwards in the first half. Then it was 1-1. And then Tilly had a speculative shot from 30 yards, which I think it flinders in goal, let through his hands. Then Grimsby made it 3-1 in the 95th minute as Cheltenham pushed up. So again, um, the the result not reflecting the, the game. So it's almost the fact that they have just played well and lost two games. And outside of that, won their five other games to nil. Um, I think says a lot about how this Cheltenham team is shaping up, how they're coping with the disappointment of that playoff defeat, which seemingly came out of nowhere uh, against Northampton uh, at the back end of last season. Second best numbers defensively after Forest Green. That's no surprise. The best numbers in terms of XG created, which might be something of a surprise to some. They are talked about a lot as a very good defensive team for obvious reasons, but therefore perhaps underrated going forward and seem to be creating plenty of chances um, they have a system which I think is the sort of key part of their team, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to run through any individual players for Cheltenham because I feel like it's specifically the system that Mike Duff plays that raises the level of this side. And, and that's good because when you're not relying on individual players, when you've got a repeatable style of play, um, which is good defensively and creates chances for you, then you're in a pretty good spot. They're at home to Mansfield, I should have said. Uh, Mansfield... Uh, they came back from 1-0 down after two minutes to draw against Morecambe in midweek, which I guess reflected well on the fact that they haven't just stopped playing completely for Graham Coughlin. A lot of people expecting him to to lose his job, expecting the slightly, uh, well, the very ambitious owners and ownership group, if you will, to, to potentially lose patience after another summer of, of spending. And the results aren't coming, are they? I think they're probably not as bad as the results so far this season suggest, but... I just think Cheltenham is so much stronger than this Mansfield side. So that's my nap. Uh, as I said, 1.95 is the best price as we record. And I'm all over that. Uh, what have you got next up for us? Going to the championship. And I find myself not having many bets up in the championship at the moment. Um, but I think I've seen enough now from Brentford to be happy to side with them again. And it's very rare that you often get a chance to side with Brentford because normally they are so prohibitively short given they're um, always the data darlings. But they come up against a Stoke side who also generally and classically have also projected very well. They go to Stoke as favourites around about 11 to 8, which might seem quite skinny. I am not necessarily sold on this narrative of Michael O'Neill has made Stoke very solid. I understand about the clean sheets and, and you know, I, I'm not doubting him as a coach or anything like that. But they conceded quite a few chances against Barnsley, even before the red card midweek. Um, I know Barnsley are a decent side. There's no shame in that necessarily. But 
Barnsley, you know, created more chances, even if Stokes were, were somewhat better quality. Even going back to the Luton game on Saturday, Luton created loads. I mean, they carved Stoke open a fair bit, even though Stoke won that one. So I don't think it's going to be as tough for a Brentford side who we know are so capable of stepping up to do so. I've also spoken in the past about concerns as to whether the players who have been recruited or were waiting in the wings at Brentford are of the necessary quality to replace those who've gone. Ivan Tony scored seven goals in his last four games, so I think we can pretty safely say that that's going quite well. Um, so, so that's that's a positive, even though you know runs like that do come to an end, and we can't expect him to continue to score two goals a game. It, playing centre midfield, replacing uh, Norgard was was Janelt last night. Vitali Janelt, who was brought in from uh, I think it was Botchum. And he put in a really good display that had a lot of Brentford fans on social media saying, yep, OK, that's good. We've got a player here who looks like he can do that job pretty well. Godos started on the left-hand side as well for Brentford, replacing Ben Rama. Very early days, very, very early days. And I'm not going to sit here saying he's a good replacement, but it makes me happier that rather than it being the same personnel from last season who are being shoehorned into the side, we've got the players who are brought in to come in actually playing there now and we'll be playing there again on Saturday. I wouldn't be so if it was Canos playing left uh, on the left hand side and say, you know, Shandon Baptiste or somebody else coming in and with, with Jensen playing that central role, I wouldn't be as keen. But as it stands, you know, it, it does feel like the players who've been brought in to replace them are now are now set and are in. And it also helps with David Reyes back in goal. So mm. I'm not getting carried away with those signings. I'm just happy that they're there if that makes sense. And with Tony banging in the goals, I certainly am getting carried away. Um, I think they've got enough to um, break the Stoke team down pretty comfortably. Defensively, they're not looking quite as solid as, as they were last season, but Stoke aren't great shakes going forward anyway. So I think Brentford will win this. Um, their away form has been good anyway. Um, so yeah, at 11-8 to 8, approximately, Brentford are my next best in the championship. I really, really enjoyed your pronunciation of Bochum in that answer. Really Bochum? Bochum. You botched it, ironically, hey. by calling them Bochum. I thought as Bundesliga 2 experts, you'd have worked on that on that pronunciation when we were covering... Yeah, I, I, I used to call them Bochum, and then I found out it was Bochum, so I changed it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, my next best is, is Newport. We're back on Mike Flynn's Amber Army this weekend. They are away at Bradford. Newport available at 2.7. And they're a good side, Newport. We, 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 we went big on them a few weeks ago because they were the sort of team that we were most surprised about how well they were playing in the first three or four games. And they've just kept ticking along, really. No fireworks. They're, they're winning games. They're winning them quite narrowly. But they're winning them, and, and I would say they are, they're controlling them for the most part. They're not quite Cheltenham in that regard, um, either defensively or going forward. But they're kind of like Cheltenham light, I would say, at this stage. I tell you what really sprang to mind when the price first caught my eye here. They're playing against Bradford. And the first thing I thought was the Bradford Harrogate game that was on Sky last Monday. That was fresh in my mind because although Harrogate rightly took all of the plaudits for a really eye-catching style of play, a really good performance and a deserved win, it strikes me that Bradford really struggled with a side that could play, that that passed and moved. and, And there aren't tons of sides like that in League 2 which is good news for Bradford if they struggle against these sides but I think Newport probably are one of the sides mm. you know that, that can do that so if Newport can put in a performance like Harrogate did and I think they can do I mean Harrogate are a good side I think Newport are, are only uh, you know pretty level with them or maybe a bit better then 
do I think this Bradford side have enough about them? No, probably not. And the, the best thing about Newport is defensively, they're still excellent. They have the best record in terms of XG per shot against. So essentially what that means is the shots that they are allowing their opposition to have are consistently of a very poor quality. So a lot of long-range pot shots. Opposition teams finding it very difficult to penetrate Newport's uh, penalty box and taking a lot of frustrated pot shots instead. So I don't think Bradford are, are great shakes going forward. Uh, and I think Newport have the right style here to, to do the business. Um, so at 2.7, it's a price that I'm very interested in. I think Newport are a better side than Bradford uh, and I hope and expect them to win this weekend. So that is my second selection. Uh, where's your third coming from? Yeah, I'm getting off the Morecambe bus. Mm. crossing the road okay. and getting on a different bus going the other direction. Right. Um, Forest Green are kind of 5 to 4, 13 to 10 to beat them. And Morecambe are best price 21 to 10. And when you look back at our enjoyment of backing Morecambe, they were about, I mean, they're a little bit bigger. I think they were kind of 5 to 2, 23 to 10 to beat Oldham when I napped them a couple of weeks ago, which was a winner. They were 21 to 10 at Crawley, which they lost 4-0. They were 7 to 4 against Mansfield, who are you know, as you've kind of just touched on, not having a good time. So for them to be 21 to 10 this weekend on the back of a 4-0 defeat and a one all draw against two kind of sides we don't think much of, at home against the Forest Green team who, despite losing midweek, still dominated chances and, you know, had plenty of it to to win. And we've seen them kind of dispatch the poorest teams in this league recently. They beat Scunthorpe 4-1, they beat Stevenage 1-0 the other day. They've had the most shots in the league I just I'm not really sure what's happened. I don't know if kind of bookies have cottoned on to the Morecambe stuff a bit late. I mean, I don't know, but it doesn't tally with with my head that they are the same price to win this game as they were to win at Crawley the other day. And as such, you know, you've got to get against them. Um, so Forest Green, it it's <laughs> I mean, all bets should be a price based thing, but that's just purely. I, I don't really see how. I don't agree that Morecambe have the same chance of winning this as those. Um, I think Forest Green are a very, very good side who who didn't lose much in defeat midweek. So yeah, kind of five to four, eleven to eight, Forest Green to beat Morecambe away. Yeah, I'm up for it as always with Forest Green. My last selection, longest price of the lot, Plymouth to beat Wigan at three point four best price as we record on on Thursday lunchtime. Argyle had a poor result in midweek, losing two nil to Lincoln. It sounded like a smashing game to be honest. Um, two teams really going for it, and the first goal was as soft a penalty as you're likely to see. Brennan Johnson, who was excellent for Lincoln and is really one to watch, just sort of folding uh, upon the slightest of touch and the referee couldn't wait to give it. Um, uh, Lincoln then scored another one sort of uh, in transition. Argyle, I'm going to be honest, not looking great defensively at all. Uh, Their defensive numbers are poor. They have not yet sorted out a defensive system that works for them and it is actually a concern generally and long term and potentially after such a good start to his managerial career career maybe the the first chink in the armor of Ryan Lowe because if you dug into the numbers last season in league 2 Plymouth gave up a ton of chances from open play they had one of the worst underlying numbers in terms of defensive performance and they had an excellent goalkeeper in Cooper on loan sorry Palmer on loan from West Brom 
and they 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 overperformed defensively and this season their defensive numbers are poor again that's really something to to keep an eye on because it will hold them back thankfully going forward they're a beautiful team to watch um you know they haven't really skipped a beat in terms of moving up from league 2 and league 1 uh, a bit like what i said with cheltenham the, the system's almost enough with plymouth to to carve out a lot of chances they get a lot from the flanks George Cooper playing left wing back. It's obviously an, an excellent, excellent creator. And when him and Mayer are combining, like they have done in the last few games, it's very difficult to stop them. So they're up against a Wigan side who are even worse defensively in terms of uh, XG conceded, the worst team in the league, I think. Um, I've taken on Wigan quite a lot because in, in like kind of brutal terms, I still think that things are still very up in the air, that the very foundation of how this team has been built kind of on the fly, kind of cobbled together, John Sheridan kind of pitching up uh, after the season had started. Um, it's hard to know exactly how much they're still being distracted by the impending takeover. Probably not a huge amount, but I'm not necessarily sure that on a footballing level, this Wigan side has sort of been built on on solid foundations. They've had a few good performers and Cal Naismith is still doing bits all over the pitch. Viv Solomon Otterbaugh seems to be a real bright spark. But defensively, and we saw, I mean, the goal they conceded in midweek against Peterborough, a chipped ball, a chipped straight ball into the box, which I don't know what happened, but Clark Harris was able to chest it down, have a picnic and then smash it in. Uh, just didn't reflect very well on, on Wigan's defensive organisation. So I'm expecting a lot of goals in this game, first and foremost. Two, two teams that really struggled to keep it together defensively for a whole game. But I think... Plymouth are a marginally better side. And I think when the music stops, Plymouth will be ahead like, I don't know, 5-3 or something But by the time the full-time whistle goes. I think that this is being priced up still with a bit of legacy of this is a Wigan side who were essentially a mid-table team in the Championship last year against a side who were in League Two last year. And I don't think the current reality of, of these two teams really uh, reflects that in reality. So I'm going to try and make the most of what I think is a juicy price, 34 for Plymouth to beat Wigan this weekend. Next up for your good self. Next up for me is we're doing the long shot, aren't we? Yeah, let's and do it. I, I often like going in search. You like going in search of um, men over the height of six foot three heading the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> it's like a Tinder filter, that, isn't it? Yeah, and I thought about stopping saying after men who are over the, over the height of six foot three. Um, I like going in search of nil nils. Yeah, because that's the kind of guy that I am, and you can and often instead of backing nil nil, you back no goal scorer, so mm. that if there is a goal um, and it's an own goal, then you still get your payout. Have you ever had that, by the way? Because it must be it must be so sweet. Have how many times in your punting yeah. career have you backed no goal scorer only for it to be one nil with an OG? I think once or twice. I think that's got to be but like then, utopia from a punting perspective. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean the other the other good one is when you back someone first goal scorer, and then the first one's an own goal, and then the second one is Matt Cox. Delicious. Um, so no goal scorer. I mean, like for example, Sunderland game midweek against Crew, offered own goal one nil, no goal scorer, go and collect. People who back nil nil, you don't collect. So the no goal scorer pick this weekend is Northampton against Charlton. Mm. Northampton against Charlton. Charlton were very good midweek, it has to be said, in a game that ended up 10v10 away at Blackpool. Cobblers are very good midweek, it has to be said, in a game that ended 2-1 at home to Swindon. Mm. But, you know, the Charlton games at the moment are 
pretty cagey. We saw them draw 0-0 with Sunderland. We saw them beat Wigan 1-0. We saw them beat Blackpool 1-0. They're not conceding many chances at all, testament to the defensive work being done there. But they're not creating loads either. Um, I have no doubt that it may click at some point, but at the moment, fair to say their game is a pretty low margin. Um, For Northampton, I think this is going to be a case for them of Keith Curl looking to keep it tight, looking to keep them in the game for as long as possible. And those are the kind of ones where I like siding with a no goal scorer bet as well, especially on the back of a win that should give them a little bit of belief that they can come out of this with something. I think right now, Keith Curl would be very, very happy with a nil-nil draw. And I think given the way that Charlton's games normally pan out, you would have to take an early goal to see it get get pretty open. Charlton are the favourites here and rightly so. They are the more likely winners and I think if that is to be the case, it probably would be something like a 1-0 or a 2-0. So no goal scorer at 8-1 to one is my long shot pick. I hope that that's a loser. Okay. Because my centre-back first goal scorer pick, we've got two today. We've got a... <laughs> we've, we've got a... We've got one from my head and we've got one sort of crowdsourced without me even asking... This is a real delight, and this this shows that we are doing the sort of show that I want to be a part of. I wake up on <laughs> Wednesday morning to one DM on the Not The Top 20 account and one DM on my personal account from separate Charlton fans, both of them going out of their way to tell me to back Ryan Innes of Charlton because 50 to 1 is simply too long. And he ticks all of my boxes, George. He is a man over six foot three in fact (laughs) six foot five to be precise he plays for a side in charlton who with johnny jackson as set piece maestro do tend to create a lot of chances from set pieces and to all intents and purposes he scored a header from a corner in midweek but omar bogle decided he wanted to do a david nugent for england uh, tap the ball in on the line except he was offside so the goal was disallowed Innis, and I quote my mystery friend who suggested this, is a six foot five nutcase who throws his head at everything and was very unfortunate to have a goal disallowed in the week. He should start every game and Charlton do well at attacking set pieces. So I would have had to physically hurt myself if I hadn't raised this and Innis had scored. It, it, it's not, I and mean, it wouldn't have been my official pick, which is Terrell Thomas uh, or Terrell Thomas, Terrell Thomas, most likely. Uh, AFC Wimbledon centre-back, mostly because Burton's set-piece numbers defensively are disastrous. They keep conceding goals from set-piece situations. And while Wimbledon are not exactly the league's most dangerous set-piece threat, uh, Terrell Thomas, I think, is their biggest set-piece threat. So if Burton are going to crumble again, I think Thomas can take charge of that. So Terrell Thomas is 40-1. to 1. Innes is 50 to 1. I guess for the sake of this, I'll have a half point on each. uh, And I'm pretty excited about that one on Saturday. To finish off the pod, George, we're going to talk about the Friday night game, which you should all be watching live on Sky. Partly because it's one of the tastiest fixtures that the EFL has to offer this season. Partly because if you stick around afterwards, you'll see a 10, 15 minute segment from your good friends from NTT20 pod in the studio with Caroline Barker. But also because we will be playing... Fan slide alongside this one. That's a the in play fantasy app. It's such a fun game. I, I as we said at the top, just so thrilled by how many people joined us last Friday and really enjoyed themselves. We're hoping for the same thing again here in the Forest Derby game. So first and foremost, make sure you download the Fan Slide app and play alongside us. It's free to play. 
and there's a £100 prize pot, so there is money up for grabs if you're any good at the game. But first and foremost, you should just be trying to beat us, I think. What do you think about this game in general, George, from a punting perspective? So, <laughs> so I know what you think. And it's going to be quite awkward in the green room at Sky tomorrow night because I don't think I agree. My, my tip here is not... Well, my tip here is is to bat the draw at 23 to 10 um, or 9 to 4 or 5 to 2, kind of it's, it's various prices around. I think this is going to be very cagey, like really, really cagey. I, you know, Derby's generally unless there's an early goal, which is definitely the case on Friday, are cagey because there's so much at stake. You add kind of the what happened at the back end of last season with um, the way that Derby scored a very undeserved late equaliser, which will give another bit of spice to this one, given what happened to Forrest afterwards. You know, Derby basically caused and started the rot, which caused Forrest to drop out of the playoff places. You add the narrative of both managers. Philip Koku just cannot lose this game. It's so important to him and his job. He cannot lose this game. For Chris Hewton, he, you, you are right in what you say. This is a good time for him to have this derby game. Off the back of four points, again, I would say avoiding defeat is far more important here than, than necessarily getting the victory. And Hewton himself is a pragmatic manager, as we know, and, and the first couple of games have shown that. I also think Derby's performances as of late since the 1-0 win to Norwich have been a little bit improved. Not massively, but I think against Watford, that was, a, again, a game that they managed to basically suffocate until a moment of brilliance from João Pedro meant it was 1-0. Against Huddersfield, again, they had the better of the game in the first half. They kept Huddersfield at bay, created the better chances and then fell foul to a very, very good goal. But again, a very low margin game, a game with not plenty of chances and I feel like defensively, at least, after such bad defensive performances to open the season, in the last three games, they've only conceded two goals. They've been much better at the back. It just feels like this could be a proper, proper derby stalemate. There's too much at stake. There'll be so many niggly fouls the whole game. The game is going to be chopped up. And, and I just think it, it's a case of either. One of one of two things is going to happen. Either one, one of the teams gets an early goal and that causes the whole thing to, to, to um, unravel a little bit. Or it's going to be very safe. It's going to be very niggly. And I mean, I can see it being a, a basically nil-nil, one-all. Either team who goes ahead looking to sit on their lead, um, it all points to me to a draw. I, I wouldn't be averse to getting under under goals as well. So, But the draw, the draw is the one I'm going to go for. 23 to 10, 9 to 4, 5 to 2, around about there. Okay. Uh, alternative view. I think there's a chance... I don't think it's the most likely thing to happen, but I think there's a good chance that Forrest absolutely batter Derby here. I think there's like there's a few things that play into this opinion. Um, firstly, the pressure on Philip Koku that you've mentioned, uh, the fact that they really have been so anemic going forward. And I think he's still chopping and changing system and personnel in a way that I don't particularly like. You know, if, if you're someone like Koku, who we know to be a very a manager with very strong philosophies and not necessarily in terms of formation but just in 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 general f yeah footballing philosophies and how he wants his teams to play i don't think it's a good sign when you're flitting between different shapes and 
different personnel sometimes you can't do much about that like Rooney for example has to isolate at the moment so you have to find other ways of playing but because of that and because of the what I perceive to be a bit of a lack of leadership within the club um, or certainly on the pitch and certainly with Rooney not being there I think that the fact on, on that side of things for Derby and on the Forest side of things where the atmosphere has completely changed they've made a good start under Hewton They've got a ton of really good players. And in the last few games going forward, they have created plenty and they've looked quite fluent going forward. Four points from their two games so far. They've only scored one goal in each game, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think they've looked, you know, they, they were so stodgy under Lamucci, weren't they? And I think that that looks to have changed. The shackles are off a little bit. I just think the Derby nature adds to it as well. Like if things start to go wrong for Derby early on or even into the second half, to be honest, as you've mentioned, it's going to be so spicy, even without fans there. Things could unravel pretty spectacularly. There's every chance there's a, you know, if there's a red card for Derby or something like that and they're already behind, I think Forrest will put the foot on their throat and just try and make this a real landmark win in the history of this Derby, but also in the in the early tenure of Hewton. So just on the off chance, George, that it happens, just on the off chance, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be on the side of history. Um, so I'm actually going to stick a half point on Forest 3-0 at 16-1 to and a half point on Forest to win 4-0 at 50-1. to The most exciting part of us not necessarily being in agreement here, and you mustn't apologise for it, and it's not going to be awkward on Friday night. There's loads of stuff we disagree <laughs> on and there's loads of stuff that we disagree much more heavily on than this. The, the, most, exciting part, the most exciting part of this for me is, uh, is the fan slide aspect of it because last week... Mm. With the Derby against Watford game, we clearly had a very similar idea, uh, low-scoring Watford to edge it. And therefore, our fan slide strategies were very similar. There, there were too many times where we made our slides after a, after our 20-minute intervals and realised that we'd basically picked the same players. Now, in the end, I just about edged it over you. But I'm excited because the way that we think about this game means that we should be taking a different approach. I think we'll see plenty of different strategies from the people playing along with us. And um, that, for me makes it all set up to be a pretty exciting game of a, a fan slide as well, George. Yeah, I'm really excited. If you told me last Friday night that I wouldn't be playing another game of fan slide for a week, I'd have been very upset because I thought I'd be watching more football than I have done this week live. A certain Tuesday night twitch got in the way of, uh, of maybe a game there. But um, yeah, it's great. I, I really enjoy it. I'm so happy that people enjoyed it last week. Let's push to get more people in the game. I think, as you said, there's 150 last week. Let's try and get more in. If you're arming and arming about it, it is free to download and there is a chance of winning some money. There's an £100 prize pot which is split between the, f the top few in the league as well and it's just a really fun way to enjoy the game I think everybody knows that last weekend the uh, the Derby Watford game wasn't necessarily a thriller but I certainly enjoyed it more because I had fan slide in my hand as well so do download and play against us we'll be in the chat once again maybe anyone but Maxwell this week <laughs> no I think I'm the uh, I think I'm the people's choice between the two of us so I'm looking to ride that wave of <laughs> that wave of enthusiasm um look l last week we did well on this show six winners in total uh, it was a really positive week someone asked if it was our best week ever I have to admit I'm not going to do all of the maths on that but it's, it must have been up there it was a really positive uh, week on this show so hopefully this week will be the same George I'm going to tell you what my selections are and then I'd like you to do the same. My nap is Cheltenham to beat Mansfield in League Two, just just about odds on. Um, and then I've got two longer price picks as well. Newport around the 2.7 mark at the moment to beat Bradford and Argyle around the 3.4 mark to beat Wigan. 
Uh, I've also got half a point on Ryan Innes to score first for Charlton, a six foot five nutcase who throws his head at everything. Uh, <laughs> and Terrell Thomas at 40 to one as well, hopefully to exploit Burton's defensive set piece issues. In the Forest Derby game, I think Forest might batter Derby. I've got half point on the 3 0 at 16 to 1 and another half point on the 4 0 at 50 to 1. And I'll be taking you on at Fan Slide as well. What about you this weekend? Yeah, I've not poshed to beat Hull away from home. I fancy Brentford to do the job at Stoke. Forest Green to win at Morecambe. 0-0 or no no goal scorer between uh, Cobblers, Northampton and Charlton. And in the Forest Derby, Derby, a draw. <laughs> this has been the NTT20 betting show sponsored by Fanslide. The sound of the start of your weekend. I hope you guys have had a good week. Please do let us know what you fancy ahead of this weekend's EFL slate at NTT20pod on Twitter. Thanks as ever for listening. Thanks for all your support with the live stream on Tuesday as well. We lived it and we loved it. Join us again on Monday for our recap of the weekend. Go well.